even cold in answer nine shoes though. You the cold maze say one freezing cold in answer nine shoes off. All right. Hey, what's up? Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome back to another episode of Daily Mind Podcast. I'm back again after uh, taking some time off. Um, it's been a minute. I've been really, really wrapped up with work. It's Shit's been kind of crazy. Um, again, like I said, I must have said this about, what, perhaps 100 times already that it's going to be some breaks in the season and, you know, episodes. It's not going to be every day, obviously should be used to that by now so and it's going to be like this for quite some time so no big deal uh really really busy and then things home um if you guys haven't been like following the news and whatnot uh clarksville tennessee um completely got damn near destroyed uh by a series of tornadoes that just came by i believe on the ninth um left an unbelievable amount of damage i didn't think something like that of course we all kind of have that same feeling like oh you know that you know, it happens so close to home, you know, it hits a little different. Everything is just so different. So um, my wife was telling me everything that happened. And again, she um, she just has no power. We didn't lose anything with the house, no damage to our cars, thankfully. Um, but we just don't have power. And, you know, for some places, they're estimating it's going to take somewhere between two to four weeks before power cuts back on. Now, we dealt with tornadoes before, and if I'm not mistaken, the last time we dealt with a tornado, uh, we were out of lights for four days. Okay, now this is, what has happened recently is beyond comprehension. And, you know, the last tornado, it just doesn't hold a candle to the one that just passed by. So, um, right now, it's it's really, really bad. I mean, it's crazy, but, uh, you know, my power's still out. You know, my wife's doing what she has to do to... Uh, maintain all while still going to work mind you so again there's a lot of shit happening right now so uh you know clarksville tennessee is in the spotlight of tornadoes because you know it's funny for as long as i've been in clarksville around december for some reason a tornado pops up the first year that i was in clarksville a tornado popped up around december a little bit after christmas um what was it last year it was one of these years it seemed like every december there's a tornado somewhere around this time but this is a this is one clearly for the record, uh, for the record book, if you will. Um, so, yeah, it, it's pretty bad. Uh, keep you guys posted on that stuff. And, you know, we're good. You know, my wife's good. We're, we're good. Um, it's just, again, this came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was expecting this one. Um, so, yeah, just keep, we're, well, I'll keep you posted, but we're all good, thankfully. Um, it's been a busy week, like I said, you know, between uh, work um I've been gone for days, so I haven't really brought the show on the road to, for, uh, with me or anything like that. You know, I'm constantly moving around. It's just too busy for me, and I don't have time to set up. So, you know, like I said, I can do a show whenever I'm busy. If I'm not, then, well, like I said, there's a break or two in between. Um, but there's a lot of stuff happened this week. Um, but what I want to talk about tonight, um, the most recent death, uh, Celebrity death, if you, if you will. Um, this one kind of hit me a little bit. And it's because I'm such a TV lover. And I'm a big person of nostalgia, like I've mentioned many times before. And I am a big fan of classic TV shows. So, of course, you guys all know what I'm, where I'm going with this. Um, TV producing legend Norman Lear um, passed away, obviously. He passed away on the, uh, the 5th uh, last week. Um, legendary, legendary TV producer. 
I mean, this man has broke all sorts of barriers. And if it wasn't for this man, you would not have the sitcoms or the type of sitcoms that you, you can watch today if you still watch sitcoms. But, you know, his, his, his production at the time, this man had 11 TV shows on the air at the same time, which means one out of 10 houses back in the 70s was watching a Norman Lear show, whether it be Maud, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, um, you name it. it. Shit, he was everywhere. Like, that man was a legend. So, you know, and he lived a very long life of 101 years old. Okay, the, the, the dude is he was timeless. And it's funny because right before he passed away, for some reason, he has a, a, there's a YouTube channel called The Norman Lear Effect. And for some reason, you know, the guy came across my mind, and I've watched a couple of clips of his shows, and like a day or two later, the guy passes away. And it's just like, damn, you know, you, the man seemed pretty youthful still. It's like, you know, um... It was almost like he could live forever. We didn't, you know, would have ever thought like he would be leaving anytime. So, I mean, he even outlived Betty White. And we all thought she was, she was like going to live forever. She almost hit 100 years old and died at 99. Um, yeah, it's quite sad. But that's what I want to talk about tonight um, is Norman Lear and how he affected television. I'm not going to get too much into his life. Um, he was born in 1922, I believe, in New Haven, Connecticut. He served World War II. He's a veteran. Okay, not a lot of people knew that as well. But one thing about Norman Lear, I think that caught people off guard was that he was a he was very liberal, and it showed in his shows, and his liberal um, views is what set the tone for a lot of these shows because he wanted to bring a lot of social issues to the television, but in a, in a comedic sense, kind of like okay, well, um, you know these are really really serious issues, but how can we make light? of these issues all the while highlighting the issues firsthand. I mean, you got like a lot of shows coming from the 60s and 70s. Of course, you had the civil rights era, stuff like that. Racism was pretty big still. You know, it was like breaking barriers for its time. He's, he's done something that no other television producer would even want to dare to do. It was very risque what he did, but he did it and it, um, it, it worked. Okay, this man has a legendary um, portfolio of TV shows. I'll be honest with you, I think it's kind of hard to pick which TV show that he's produced um, to be the favorite TV show. It's kind of hard to pick that. Um, again, there's so many to count. And honestly, I'm going to say something that, is, that might even like, tick some people off. If it, wasn't for, um, if it wasn't for Norman Lear, there wouldn't be Tyler Perry. And what I mean by that is like Tyler Perry is today's Norman Lear. He has this huge production studio in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's producing countless shows, um, playwrights, everything. He is today's Norman Lear, but Norman Lear kind of opened the door for that, 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 that super producer aspect of producing a lot of shows, um, being able to have, have a hand in each show, all while still, you know, the shows are going on. You know, it, Norman Lear kind of set the pace for that. And what I want to do tonight is I want to go over, like, his top shows. Okay, now, again, I, it's hard for me to pick which show is my top show. But I, between his shows, I think I have two. And the two is All in the Family and The Jeffersons. Because, believe it or not, The Jeffersons is actually a spinoff of All in the Family. Okay, if you got to go back to All in the Family. It's funny because they all, all the shows, I believe, are in the same universe. So All in the Family, Maud, the Jeffersons, they're all in the same 
universe. They're all in the same realm. I'm, I figure all the shows are, if you think about it. They're all somewhat interconnected. And like All in the Family in particular spun off so many um, spinoffs. But of course, there is one that bombed really hard. Where you think Norman Lear had uh, um, an A-plus uh, portfolio of TV shows. He actually did have a couple of shows that didn't do so well. And I'm going to try to see if I can get into that, too. But what I want to do is I want to get into his top 10 shows and, you know, go go for it. And so, you know, I'm looking up some lists. Now, <clears throat> they um, have different lists. I'm going to go off of this one. I'm going to go off of the 15 best Norman Lear TV shows. Uh, most of them have nine, seven. But I think 15 because there's so many of them. And then we'll it'll round up to, like, what is the uh, number one show. Now, hopefully my phone doesn't act up. It's been doing this thing where it's been looking for a network and I have to constantly switch it, and it pisses me off. Um, actually, let's see here. So there's 15. There's some of them here I haven't really um, heard of. But there's a few on here that will surprise you in terms of like, oh, shit, you know, because Norman Lear was doing shows all the way to the day he died. Believe it or not, he didn't just stop in the 80s or 90s. He kept going. And this next, the, the, the show that, well, let me slow down for a minute before I even get into it. Uh, this article is from People.com. And People.com uh, published this just the day after he died. It's 15 of Norman Lear's essential works. Now, remember, I said that he... Um, was producing all the way to like the 2000s, 2010s, which is true. So that's why I'm going to start off with number 15. Now, number 15 on this list was actually a reboot of one of his older shows. Now, if you heard of One Day at a Time, um, where it has Schneider, the, the, the building superintendent, some of you might be a little too old, but um, for what I see in my demographics analytics, you guys might have heard of the original reboot. I mean, the original show. Well, Norman Lear created a, um, a reboot of that show. Same show, but he completely race-swapped everything. You know, it was a completely Hispanic cast, and the show worked. I was so mad. I was, me and my wife got hooked on this reboot of One Day at a Time. It came out in uh, 2017, and we were actually hooked on it, and we were looking so forward to another season. And I believe it was on Netflix, and they fucking axed it, and it, and. No other uh, um, network or whatever picked it up. I don't know why, but it was one of Norman Lear's uh, last works. So uh, number 15, One Day at a Time. It's a 2017 reboot. It says here, we brought to the screen real loving families living in the same lives as millions of others, Lear said, of the original and the reboot, which centered on a Latino family and ran for four seasons on Netflix from 2017 to 2020. Now, I had a big crush on a mom in the show. That's another story. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a, I have a weakness for Latinas. Sue me. Whatever. But that show was pretty damn good. Of course, it didn't last as long as the original Norman Lear production. However, though, um, Netflix has this thing where they cancel shows. They could be popular as shit. And for like, some reason, two to three seasons in and they ax the show. Like Netflix don't know how to keep shows. They make space for more shows by cutting good shows, which I don't understand. But um, that was one of Norman Lear's last um, shows. Again, the man was very much into diversity and stuff like that. He helped put more African-Americans on TV. Um, he helped establish the African-American father on TV, a la Good Times. And like I said, the man just broke crazy barriers. Um, number 14, America Divided. Uh, some production he did in 2016 
It says, in 2016, Lear teamed up with Shonda Rhimes and Common to produce the Epic's original docuseries, America Divided, which examined narratives around inequality in education, housing, health care, labor, criminal justice, and the political system. Um, and so he did say in a 2021 interview uh, that the country needs a lot of help. I'm not worried about it where I am concerned at my age, but when I think about my kids and my grandkids and their kids to come. The guy was a visionary. I think I did hear of this. Um, however, though, I'd never seen it. Uh, number 13, 227. I bet a lot of people didn't realize Norman Lear helped produce 227. Again, the man's uh, production, TV production career spans decades. So if you're familiar with 227, it's an 80s show. Um, it says, writer Christine Houston came to attention of Leah after she won a playwriting contest in his name with 227, a story of women living together in Chicago in the 1950s. Uh, Leah took Houston under his wing and eventually actress Marla Gibbs found the script starring in a series that moved the story to modern day Washington, D.C. Uh, Leah served as executive producer and Houston ultimately won an NAACP Image Award. Now, um, Marla Gibbs, this was shortly after she just finished uh, The Jeffersons. The Jeffersons wrapped up in 85, and two years shortly after, I guess, she landed the role on 227. 227 was a, a funny-ass show. Um, it only went for about a few years. I, it barely made it into the 1990s. And a lot of people don't realize that Norman Lear had a, a, a foot in it. Even though he might not be, like, the executive producer, but he's in some of the shows, but he did have a hand um, and a lot of television production. Next one here, number 12, Silver Spoons. 1982, Ricky Schroeder, you know, Alfonso Ribeiro, when he was coming along. Yes, the bratty little rich kid. It says, the sitcom about a rich businessman who finds out he has a young son, 80s icon Ricky Schroeder, didn't touch on issues of social justice the way many of Lear's other shows did, though it was a commercial success. So again, like... Silver Spoons was a completely different fucking show. Like it said here, it didn't touch on social injustices or nothing. It just took some basic-ass formula of a man finding out that he has a son and he's rich. This was like a complete 180 from like shows like All in the Family and, and Good Times and Maud. Totally different direction, but it showed how diverse uh, Lear's um, ideas were. He didn't just stick with that formula. He's like, you know, I could do something else, you know, um, some, you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he kind of, like, bounced off of it a bit, but he still, like, still had the idea of doing political productions. All right, the next show he has here on people that they've listed is um, one of my favorite shows, The Facts of Life. It says, a different stroke spinoff uh, centered on Charlotte Ray's Edna Garrett, who runs an all-girls boarding school and handles the ups and downs that come with it, specifically with four students played by Nancy McKeon, Mindy Cohen, Lisa Welcher, and Kim Fields, plus the occasional appearance from a young George Clooney. Little known fact, you guys might think I'm fucking crazy for this, but out of all the characters in the show, Natalie was my favorite. I honestly thought she was, like, the cutest, too, but that's just me. You guys might be like, what the fuck? But me, it's whatever. I, I, she was definitely my favorite. But uh, The Facts of Life was one of those shows that tackled a lot of shit, racism, prejudice, um, financial inequality. It did all that. It did tackle all of those things. And a lot of people don't realize that um, it is a spinoff of Different Strokes. If you can't tell, I mean, Mrs. Garrett was Mrs. Garrett in Different Strokes, and she's Mrs. Garrett in The Facts of Life. So that was one thing about like the 70s and 80s that was really weird about TV was that there was just so many fucking spinoffs. Most of them didn't do so well. Like I said, All in the Family had perhaps the most spinoffs in the show. Um, 
a ridiculous amount of spinoffs. They had Gloria, they had 704 Hauser. All these shows, and most of people, most of these people didn't even even first fucking heard of these shows. Like, um, what is it? Well, there was another one where it's just so many. I'm gonna get to the I'm gonna get to the All in the Family spinoffs too, um, because like I said, Norman Lear had some misses as well. He wasn't exactly 100. Um, percent Okay, here it is, Archie Bunker's Place, which is number 10 on this list, and it takes um, after uh, the original All in the Family. So this is what they did. It says here in 2016. Uh, Sundance Q&A with Lena Dunham, Lear said he actually didn't want to do All in the Family spinoff, which ran for four seasons on CBS. He goes on to quote, uh, I prevented it from happening for some months, he recalled. The only way it got on was when network owner William Paley called me to his office and had four or five pages of names of people who would be out of work if the show didn't go on, and so the show went on. Lear said it was star Carol O'Connor Archie himself who pushed hard for the series too, though Lear called him difficult despite his acting talent and the fact that he worshipped the ground he worked on, he walked on. He goes to quote, he didn't understand the character the way I felt I wished for him to be. Um, and he was the character, Lear continued, God, that's also interesting and complicated. So as you, as, as you hear, I mean, they forced his hand to do Archie Bunker's place, which was after all in the family, it was so unnecessary. I think it came to the point where they just, sort of integrated Archie Bunker's place into the actual All in the Family show. So there's like, I don't know, you get the, when you watch Archie Bunker's place, it's just All in the Family basically again. It's just without Edith because she did like pass away in the show. And he's now like taking care of this uh, this child, which I'm assuming is like a relative. I forgot her name. Um, but yeah, I guess, and see, Norman Lear, he, 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 Norman, he caved in. He was like, okay, fuck it. I don't want to do this show, but I'll do it just to save five jobs. And the show went for a bit, but, you know, the formula just wasn't the same. It just wasn't the same Archie. You know what I mean? It was Besides, he had a kid around, too. So I guess he had to lighten up a bit. All right, so um, number nine, the Mary, Mary Hartman. Mary Hartman show, I guess, 1976. Um, they said, he said that they made two episodes as pilots. We financed it ourselves. He recalled of the soap opera satire in an interview with Television Academy. He goes to say, we couldn't sell it. But something salesmen were telling us. They thought it was too off the wall. So I had the notion that if we invited people to see that, I'm a sensible, sane person. I never even heard this fucking show before. Mary Hartman? Mary Hartman? I don't know. I guess, like, this show, I guess the, what, it, what it was saying, that it was making fun of uh, soap operas, which at the time was pretty big, uh, General Hospital and shit like that, which I, my aunt was, um, gosh, she always was into the, as she called it, the stories. Um just so into it and uh to me i never really got into like general hospital loving and all that shit days of our lives um besides i wasn't school anyway i wasn't watching that shit all right number eight the jeffersons 1975 that show is perhaps one of lear's longest running shows it went for 10 years the sad part about it is that they canceled it without warning one day the cast woke up and was like the shit's canceled just imagine a show that went 10 years and again, this show was a spinoff of All in the Family. It says, he, uh, it quotes on saying, uh, while we were creating the show, three members of the Black Panthers came to my office to complain about the garbage that they were seeing on TV, he said. They were upset about blacks only being portrayed as poor or as maids. We always wanted my shows to reflect America like showing a well-off black family. Never in the history before that that they even, that any producer would want to show a wealthy black family. It was like, that's not realistic. Even though they were wealthy black families back then, 
Lear put it on TV and this was like a whole different perspective because remember you had good times that came out around the same time and it would focus on a poor black family. This was a complete fucking opposite. And people were just like, oh shit, like, yo, there's there's black there's black people out there with money. Yes, there is. But just other like TV shows never showed it. We were either maids, porters, stuff like that. It was never like, oh, we're uh we're, we have money because we we do, but it's just it was just not shown. So I I didn't even know that the Black Panthers had something to do with the concept of the Jeffersons. And Leah thought, you know what, you're right. You know, it's not just poor poor black folk out there. They you know, I, so let's put it on TV. And the Jeffersons worked, man. And it was so, oh man, I remember the first time I heard the N word on the Jeffersons. I was like, fuck. That's crazy. You know, nowadays on regular TV, you couldn't even say that. But back then, shit was like, like there was a lot of shows. If All in the Family came out today, it would have not, it wouldn't make it. It wouldn't even have made it as far as it did. If it kept the same language, the same everything. Just, of course, obviously no Carol O'Connor or whatever. But if it was the same type of foundation as the original All in the Family, it would have not worked. I'm sorry. But the Jeffersons was absolute gold. I mean... You know, um, George and Willis to me was like the funniest duel together because they were just like the complete opposite. And George was just as prejudiced as he can be and, and just narrow minded. But um, it worked. It, it absolutely worked. And it was, of course, an, a, another show that featured a interracial married couple. Again, that shit was still touchy and it was still taboo. It wasn't something that like nowadays you see it on TV. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Back then, it wasn't like that. It was like um, in Star Trek where uh, Captain Kirk and Lieutenant O'Hara shared a kiss. Boy, they almost had a fucking meltdown. This was the 1960s. Never in the history of TV before that, and it wasn't much history, that um, it showed a, a white man kissing a black woman. That that melted some people. I mean, back then anyway. All right. Um Number seven, again, the original One Day at a Time came out also in 1975. So this man had, I believe, Good Times came out around 74, 75-ish. He had two TV shows, at least two TV shows that came out in 1975. Again, this man had, for what I've heard, 11 TV shows on television at the same time. It says the original sitcom aired uh, on CBS from 1975 to 1984 and starred Bonnie Franklin as a divorced mother raising two teenage daughters and Pat Harrington Jr. played the building superintendent, Dwayne Schneider. Um, I guess he was more like the comic relief of the show. He would come in, um, come in from a, on occasion, try to fix some shit. In fact, I think he even made an appearance. No, no, he may have made an appearance in the reboot. I'm not sure. I got to look into it. I don't remember. But they did have a, in the reboot, they had a rebooted Schneider in the show. Um, kind of the same premise coming around here and there, kind of being a help to the family, but also like, fixing the house and you know because he's a landlord so he's fixing shit he's supposed to fix kind of deal so um i kind of watched the original one day at a time i guess it's funny here and there i don't know maybe i just gotta been watch it again next show good times this show right here kind of broke the mode in fact fun fact esther roll went to lear when lear came up with this show i don't know what the original premise was going to be but what i've heard esther roll went to Lear and was like, I'm not doing the show unless you put a black father in it. Because I guess the idea was that it was supposed to be a single black mom. Already this was, or, this was kind of a bad idea in a sense of how it portrayed black people. So 
it was like, okay, I, I want you to have a fucking strong father in there, a father figure, and it worked. But it didn't work very long. This was a very contra- it was a lot of controversy um, in the back when it came to the show between uh, the actors and producers. Um, but be, um, I'm sorry, between the actors and leader. It says here, the Maude spinoff um, from 1974 to 1980 was TV's first black two-parent family sitcom starring Bernadette Stannis, Esther Rowe, Jimmy Walker, Ralph Carter, and John Amos. Lear and the business partner Brent Miller are working on an animated reboot for Netflix. Holy shit, I didn't even know about that. Oh, man, I got to catch that. But you know what? I don't know how that's going to work now that Lear is gone, but I guess somebody else will take the helm. But again, going back to this show, there was a lot of controversy happening behind this show. Um, if you've noticed, um, you, you TV guys out there that pay attention, uh, JJ's character, he was kind of like, for lack of a better word, he was kind of like a buffoon. He was kind of like a, um, they made him like really stupid. I'm going to just say, they made him like really dumb in the first couple of seasons. She had a fit with CBS and was like, you know, you're parading him around to be like some sort of, um, what's the shit, um, like a menstrual show. Um, something like that, you know, like kind of bamboozle type deal, like making him a dope. But then if you notice over time, um, he's he got more mature. And then, of course, the father from Good Times being axed from the show was also a big controversy. But the real reason why was because there was a lot of shit happening behind the scenes in terms of wage increases. They wanted more money. Um, he had a falling out, John Amos, with the production uh, CBS and they were just like, fuck it, we can't give you any more money. And they cut him out. You know, in the show, he died in a car crash. Um, but in reality, they just fired him. So it was a lot of shit. And then the mom left for a while, too. It was just a lot of craziness with the show. But the show was groundbreaking because it really showed um, African-American struggles on TV. Um, but, of course, that would change over time when um, you got the shows like The Jeffersons that kind of broke the mold of the the wealthy or well-off black family, which led the, which paved the road for like the Cosby Show, Family Matters. You know, hardworking African Americans, middle age. I mean, middle age. I'm sorry, middle class, upper middle class. It was because of the Jeffersons that kind of put that in the light. But the but Good Times is definitely one of my favorite fucking shows uh, from Norman Lear because I know early in the show I said um, All in the Family and the Jeffersons. Almost forgot about Good Times. Again, this man had a lot of shows. All right, and of course, that spinoff of uh, Good Times is number five, Maud, which came out in 1972. Um, he quotes on saying, it was the start of the women's movement and casting a strong woman in a leading role seemed like such a fresh and much-needed idea, he said, who created Maud from 1972 to 1978 with Bud Yorkin. Bay Arthur brought all of that to life. If you guys don't know who Bay Arthur is, of course, she plays um, in, in the Golden Girls and stuff like that. She has kind of like a deep voice. Um, but she had a mouth on her for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, if you watch episodes of Maude, you, um, before Good Times, uh, Florida Evans was in the show, but I think her last name was different. I think their last names were, were not um, Evans at the time. There was some other shit before um, they spun the show off and gave them their own show. Um, however, though, if, if it wasn't for Maude, you wouldn't have All in the Family. You wouldn't have, um, you wouldn't have Good Times. That was like the starting point right there. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry, correction. All in the Family came out in 1971, and then Maude came out the next year later, but they were still within the same realm. All right, this next show, God, I forget, this is another favorite, uh, Sanford and Son, which is based off the, uh, the British version of Steptoe and Son. Uh, it says, as a junk man, Fred G. Sanford, Red Fox, and Damon Wilson 
uh, entertain me in a way that I knew that I know added time to my life, said Leah, who developed Sanford and Son, which aired on NBC for six seasons from 1972 to 1977. Of course, that show, um, <laughs> they weren't rich, but it highlighted them in a, um, in a junkyard business. It was a father and son. Again, it was based off a British version of this show. So this show, of course, went without controversy behind the scenes where Red Fox left. And then, you know, believe it or not, this show spun off Sanford Arms. That was a whole nother fucking show kind of following that similar, um, kind of following that similar formula that um, All in the Family did when it went to Archie Bunker's place. But this show was absolute fucking hilarious. Uh, Fred, his fake heart attacks and then, his relationship with Damon Wilson, which in, in the show, they really, behind the scenes, they weren't really have they, they almost couldn't even work together, which sounds crazy. Because when you look at, you know, the way they act on TV, that chemistry and everything is one thing, but they really had issues uh, behind the scenes. And um, then because of that, you know, I guess um, Sanford Arms came out and um, Damon Wilson as um, Lamont Sanford, he didn't want to play that role no more because... Him and Red Fox could not work together. They just could not get along. So they just said, fuck it. I mean, like, moving right along. But this this show has me in stitches all the time. This was just classic Norman Lear shit right here. Like, this was one of my best, funniest shows. It, 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 I wish it would have lasted longer. But you know what's crazy? The most craziest part about the um, San Francisco Sun is how Red Fox died in real life. He died of an actual heart attack. It was almost as if he was writing his own death in every single line. Every time he said, um, I'm coming to join you, honey, he, he, was, he died just the same way. Bizarre. And he was doing a TV show at the time, and he just collapsed on set. Like, I know, it's, it's kind of crazy. The man, was, the man was hilarious. All right, so down to the last three. Number three is All in the Family, 1971. This show right here broke every fucking rule at the time. In fact, it was the first TV show where you heard a toilet flushed on television for the very first time. Back in the day, something like that would be seen as vulgar because, you know, being in the bathroom is something private. You know, it's something you don't really um, mention. But in this case, a flushing toilet caused all the rave. Um, it says here, he quotes on saying, it's been incredible to celebrate it in every day. Uh, he told people of All in the Family, 1971 to 1979 sitcom he created starring Rob Ryan of Sally Struthers, Carol O'Connor, and Gene Stapleton. He goes to say, I don't remember what I saw in my imagination when I wrote it, but when O'Connor sat down and read a page, holy moly. The show scored 22 Emmys, including a 1971 Outstanding Comedy Series win for Lear. It's an incredible show, and I get, it broke so many barriers. It broke so many rules. I mean, it had other TV shows like and other like networks. Like, what the fuck is this? And I think the show was actually being bounced around for a bit before CBS decided, like, hey, we'll take the show, and they struck gold with the show. Now, these uh, last two shows I never really heard of, but he had a hand in this. Uh, the Martha Ray Show, 1954. He said, I adored Martha Ray, Leard recalled of the Variety Show, another of his earliest projects in the interview with the Television Academy. She could just explode and go off script. And of course, number one, it says the Colgate Comedy Hour. It says Lear began, uh, his work began in the 1950s with his big break, as he called it, writing for the Colgate Comedy Hour. I'm assuming the Colgate Comedy Hour is probably like the, the Colgate Toothpaste. Maybe. I mean, I know I don't never heard of that shit before. 
Um, but that is considered his 15 best TV shows, which honestly, I'm pretty sure they missed a lot. But um, there's other lists here. I'm not going to go over them. Um, but I'm going to try to look up the worst Norman Lear shows because, like I said, the dude did strike out. And this is no slight on him. But um, it shit just happens um, some, sometimes like that. Uh, let me see if I can. Uh, let me see what shows I can find on that list because um, he, he um, yeah, I'm trying to see where it is because, uh, God, I can tell you right off the back his worst shows. Um, there, there was a few. For one, 704 Hauser Street. I didn't even. I've heard of the show and I've seen it for the first time. It only had five fucking episodes of this show. Now, the funny part about this show, it was completely race reversed. John Amos, the guy he had a falling out with from uh, All in the Family, was was actually Archie Bunker in the show. But, of course, they changed the names. Instead of Bunker, their last names were Cumberbatch or some weird shit like that. So here's how it went. 704 Houses Street, uh, black family moves in. The mother and the father are liberals, but the son is a Republican. Strange. It's, everything was completely swapped around. And um, the crazy part about that show was the first episode, uh, Joey Stivic shows up, uh, Mike's um, son. It was the only relevance it had to All in the Family. After that, he never showed up again, and the show just kind of went on its own tangent and was over, like quickly over. Um, also, another spinoff he had was Gloria, where, you know, if you know Gloria Stivic, Mike's um, wife, from All in the Family, they got a divorce. She takes Joey and move on to the West Coast with a new job, and she had her own show. That didn't last very long. Sanford Arms didn't last long. Um, Archie Bunker's place didn't last very long. He had a few misses, and I, I don't know what it was. I guess he tried to still bank off the whole um, All in the Family formula, but it was just too much. It was just too much fucking happening at the time. And I even think the Jeffersons had a spinoff too, but. Again, a lot of those shows didn't last very long, but he still uh, managed to make TV shows regardless of the misses. He, he had such a power hold in the TV industry where like, he could have a flop, and it didn't even matter because he just went back on and, and uh, did it again. Now, I think, um, let me try to look up really, really quick uh, his last TV show. Uh, let me see. Last TV show. It says here his last TV show that he made... Ah, uh, shit. What is the last TV show? I, I'm trying to see right now. Just bear with me, because I'm actually pretty curious. I don't know if it was, like, um, one day at a time. It said that he developed over 100 shows, so, like, it's it's a lot of shit. Um, TV productions. He, he's got so many fucking TV shows. I'm trying to see what was the very last one. Um, <laughs> he got so many damn shows. It's crazy. The dude, the dude had accolades. He had fucking accolades. Okay, so One Day at a Time was his last final TV show. Again, that was the, the reboot of the original One Day at a Time, which it was just as good. I, I personally like the reboot better, but again, Netflix, they have this thing where they cancel TV shows for some reason two, three seasons after, even though it's still popular. But yet they still want to jack the prices on fucking Netflix. All right, so hey, that's the end of that show. I appreciate it. Again, sporadic episodes just get used to it um i was looking at the numbers of the show and 
<laughs> the fastest growing episode I think I have in my entire library, which is literally so close to taking number one, Christmas movies. I was sitting here this past week and I was looking at this shit. I was looking at the numbers and stuff and I was like, what the fuck? Christmas movies is growing fast. The number one episode is marriage counseling. But Christmas movies is shooting past that almost. And I was like, okay, well, that kind of makes sense because it's Christmas time. But I was like, what the fuck? The episode is growing so damn fast. So shout out to you guys that are, you know, just Christmas, Christmas movies. I think that was the episode. Yeah, Christmas movies. I did this. Ep I did that episode last year. And for some reason, it's gaining super popularity. It's the second most listened to uh, episode that I have. Um, and again, marriage counseling is still um, number one. Now, also, I was looking at where most of you guys are listening from, Tennessee. Um, actually, New York is catching up. It's uh, literally about to surpass Texas as my number two most listened to state. Tennessee had it forever, and it's probably going to still have it forever. But uh, Texas is literally about to lose that, that, that spot to New York. So, I mean, shout out to New York. Shout out to anybody who's listening. I appreciate it. All right, so hey, thanks for listening. It's getting late where I'm at, so I need to go get some sleep. Uh, meanwhile, like I said, there'll be some episodes in production, and I'll do my best to bring what I can. Um, but I definitely wanted to knock out the Norman Lear one because the man definitely was like the face of my childhood in terms of like television shows. Uh, my dad doesn't understand it either. He thinks I'm an old soul. Like all I do is watch old school TV shows. You name it, I'll watch it. A lot of shit, a lot of new shit that's out there is bullshit anyway. It's it's nothing special. No show can hold a candle to anything that came out at that time, period. So me being a person of nostalgia, that's my thing. I just like older TV shows, so I stick with it, all right? So, hey, thanks for listening, and then uh, just stay tuned. Keep, keep listening. I, I got a whole library of episodes. Please keep listening. It's a lot of shit to listen to. I'm loving the numbers so far. Please tell your friends. Also, the Daily Mind Podcast at gmail.com. Take a listen, or not take a listen, but uh, send me an email. What you think of the episodes, um, some suggestions for episodes, something you might want me to talk about. Send it to me as well, um, and then roll with it. All right, so hey, have a great night, and we'll do this again some other time. Peace out. Freezing cold in ancient nights, you zone. You're the cold maze, say one freezing cold in ancient nights, you zone. All right. All right.